Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Guys, Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasperi. This is Frank Pelican. This is episode 70, and tonight we will be covering the top five cult movies. Um, so this was a replacement episode, right, Frank? Is that, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, but yes. what did it replace? I don't remember. It was, oh, it was, gonna, it was a third man episode, and then we went yeah. into right stay at home, and that became problematic. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to talk um, about uh, movies involving cults. I guess it should be because right. this is <laughs> um, so. This is a horror list. Um, interesting choices. We were talking about it a little bit last week, Frank, where uh, with our with our classy podcast when we talked about. Bergman, um, right. whereas like I was surprised by how classy this list is to some degree, um, considering the topic. But, yeah, I think um, they're all generally considered good movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, they are. Yep, absolutely. Um, by audiences and critics overall. So, um, wanted to ask you about some movies. Um, well, first of all, I guess I do have a question in the sense of some of these movies on your, on the list are from 60, 70. Some of them are more recent. Uh, how do you see like the timeline of cult movies playing out? Um, like in cinema, is that 60, 70 is the first time you really see that or um, like, like the idea? Well, I, think of- a lot of, I think a lot of people, a lot of filmmakers were influenced by, Stuff like Jonestown and um, the Manson family mm-hmm. in the seventies, yeah, which probably what led to that first like string of movies that focus on cults. Um, yeah, and then there's the Satanic Panic, like in the eighties, which I think also pushed because there's a lot of movies you know that are about cults <clears throat> that were made in the eighties, horror movies about like Satanic cults you know, like kidnapping people and in the seventies as well, I guess. Um, so I guess it's just like the, whatever, like the, whenever it's something that like society is kind of afraid of, it's something that filmmakers will take advantage of, I suppose. So. Like psychically trying to like work it out in some ways through film. Yeah. 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 The Manson family makes sense, I suppose. Um, I mean, because you look at a couple movies on this list that were made in, like, the early 2010s, and, you know, that's after, like, these these directors would have grown up and, like, been going through school during, like, the, the Divine Wind stuff in um, Tokyo and sure. um, that UFO cult with the white Nikes in uh, yeah, California. I can't remember what they were yeah, called. Yeah, I can't remember either. It's for some um, reason it's escaped me, but yeah, they were and like Koresh, you know, in, in Waco. Mm-hmm. And, like there was a yeah. lot of stuff with cults when we were growing up. So right, no, that's true. Uh, so a few, a few movies I wanted to bring up to you uh, that we have not discussed on the podcast is one is Children of the Corn. Um, I think we talked about this very briefly in the 80s B-horror, um, uh-huh. but how do you feel about that movie overall? I think Children of the Corn is, is a fine movie. I just don't ever... There's always something... Whenever a list could have Children of the Corn, there's always something better than Children of the Corn, in my opinion, to put on that list. So it's like liked but not well-liked, like Willie Loman? To me, it, yeah, right. 
to me it's just it's 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 a really competent like very firmly 80s you know horror movie mm-hmm. and it's got some really like creepy stuff in it and i don't know i just there's always something that i like more yeah gotcha so i'm assuming we will have a long form discussion about this at some point but um midsummer when i made this list i i only seen midsummer the first time in the theater mm-hmm. i'm much warmer towards midsummer now but i still think it has a lot of problems and i don't know i want ari aster to make a few more movies and then i want to talk about midsummer along like with his other movies you know what i mean because it's really it's a beautiful movie and it's it's probably like the best movie about a cult i don't know in the past like 20 years just in terms of like really showing like the workings of the cult and like the different techniques that the cult uses to either like manipulate people or gain power over people maybe. Mm -hmm. But again, like narrative wise, I just think it has some problems, especially in the main characters of the movie, like that that's your focus. And I don't think, that it does a good job like i think that it could have been done differently and would have been more interesting and would have been a more effective horror movie and i think in reality it's just a breakup movie that has this horrific backdrop set to it so yeah Yeah, that's i thought yeah no um it'll be worth talking about at some point probably it's a beautiful beautiful movie i'll say this again like i was very very angry at that movie coming out of the theater and watching it again i found a lot more that i loved about it you know just last week my son and i watched sure Um, and it was my second time seeing it and like i really like was amazed by some things that i did not even pay any attention to in the theater because i think i was expecting one thing and when something else happened it just kind of threw me off but yeah I, i think it's worth talking about at some point yeah okay so what about um we talked about this on the quick cage um at one point what about mandy yeah that's the only reason why i didn't make the list otherwise yeah. it would have been on there hmm. so I mean, for, I, for for non-quick cage listeners you want to just briefly just mention what you like about mandy yeah it's 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 about nick cage's wife well the nick cage's character's wife um getting killed murdered by a cult mm-hmm. um, who has it's basically like a Sort of like a Jonestownian type cult, maybe Manson-esque, where the guy is like a failed musician who murders Cage's wife, and they practice like devil, like ritualistic magic. Um, it's fucking fucking insane. The movie, like, it's jumps between film and animation, and just these weird, like, almost amateuristic, like, superimposed images of tigers and shit, and it might like partially take place on another planet like i don't know and i don't know it's just it's got some really great imagery in it and it's just it's an amazing movie it's one of my favorite movies of the past 10 years probably yeah like usually uh the ninth gate the ninth gate that's the johnny depp movie yeah. uh-huh oh, that movie's trash okay right. uh the void oh you the just, void is really good so you just had me watch that recently 
Yeah, it was something that when I made the list, it was one that could have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's it's a little too. I don't want to say unpolished because I mean it's making the most of what it can with like a really small budget. Mm-hmm. It's just not the whole the cult portion of it isn't explored so much as it is kind of like Lovecraftian esque like elder beings and like a mad scientist like even though there's a cult element to it and like you do see people like dressed in weird clothes and stuff right um i just think that the five movies that are on this list are more i don't know like better adaptate better whatever like representations of like actual cults or like capture what i think is the um like the real like creepiness that when you watch cult movies that can like kind of I don't know. Yeah. The idea that it could just be normal people and like it's a it's mm-hmm. so supernatural <clears throat> the void that it's something else. Like yeah. I, I I consider the void to be like cosmic horror. Gotcha. More than like a cult horror. Okay. Uh what a, I asked you about this movie over text a couple weeks ago because I had never watched it and I just kind of watched it on uh because of the list I guess. Like I was like okay I'll check it out. Uh the believers, do you remember this movie? I really have a, so I remember the cover of the VHS more than mm-hmm. I remember the movie itself. Yeah. Um, there was two VHS covers actually. There was one that was just Martin Sheen's face in like blue and red. That's what sort of, I think the prime the, cover is or whatever. Yeah. There was another cover that was an illustration that was like red and black with like white buildings and him running away from the buildings and mm. really good box. Yeah. Um, so I remember that. Beyond that, I really don't have much recollection of it. Yeah. To the point where I don't even know if I've seen it, but I, I'm almost positive I've seen it. Hmm. Yeah. I just remember Martin Sheen looking like confused. That happens. He, that's every every movie right. I think with Martin Sheen during that time. Like, uh, decent enough. I mean, it's a solid solid first half. Um, kind of like goes downhill a little silly second half, I guess. But um. But it was a solid enough movie. Uh, I don't think it's better than any of these five movies overall. Like, well, I probably enjoyed watching it more than one of these movies. But um, oh. let's see. Oh, not necessarily like a horror. Well, I mean, in some ways it could be, I guess. But um, the master. Yeah, I thought about that too. Um, I'm not a big fan of the master, but I really need to watch it again. Yeah. Um, and it feels like. I don't know. I have no idea how long the master is, but it felt like such a long movie that I don't it's, know if I can bring like two and, Yeah, I think it was like two and a half hours because I just watched it in the past what like four months, I think. I yeah. told you like um, again, and I don't know. But. And I also kind of wanted to keep it hard because I also thought about um, Mary Marcy May Marlene or whatever the name of that movie is, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is also a really good um, movie about cults, but it's not really a horror movie. It's just more of like a right psychological thriller so i didn't really yeah. want to put it on there i gotcha okay um yeah i couldn't really like there was nothing that was too interesting um elizabeth olsen i, I couldn't remember any elizabeth yeah, olsen. yeah right yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so you ready to get started then yep okay um so number five on your list is 1976's the omen it's directed by Richard Donner. It stars Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, and David Warner. It has an 85% from critics and an 80% from 
audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. Did you want to go ahead and just tell us a little bit about the movie and what you like about it so much? Uh, so probably like next to The Exorcist, like the quintessential, um, I don't know what you call it, like devil worshiping Satanists trying to bring about the Armageddon movie um, through using like swapping the basically the antichrist with a child of a u.s uh diplomat um he's a i guess he's the ambassador to england when that happens and then he gets elected to the u.s senate or whatever Mm -hmm. um so as the baby grows um these satanists like kind of insinuate themselves into the senator's life and all these terrible things happen around like the child damien um until the senator is kind of driven to sort of seek remedy, you know, for like these terrible things that are happening and discovers that his son is the antichrist. And then basically like dies trying to, trying to murder his son. Um, And a bunch of other people die too, you know, because the forces of evil are conspiring to protect Damien. Um, One of my favorite horror movies of the seventies. like maybe like one of my top like 20 or 30 horror movies of all time i think um i love like the dialogue in it particularly um i think it really alongside the exorcist i think it kind of sets the table for what like religious horror should sound like in the way that like things are phrased and kind of the almost like dogmatic way that like the people that are in the cult speak um particularly like so one of my favorite scenes in the movie and in horror in general is um the nanny early in the movie um Mm -hmm. standing on like the edge of the like on the ledge of a window with like the noose around her necks like screaming like it's for you damien it's all for you and then like jumping off and like hanging herself right um that kind of stuff like that very like very like what should be like just listening to the words like very positive almost like spiritual type speak that's like tied to something that's this terrible you know awful whatever like occurrence like this woman hanging herself and then the idea of like the dogs coming to protect the kid and like needing to find like these items of power that can like kill the like slay the kid and basically like turn back the apocalypse like i don't know i had that all I find all this stuff really fascinating, and I think that it's done really well here. What about the uh, direction, stuff like that? I mean, Donner is fine. He's a good director. Like, there's some stuff, um, particularly, like, with, uh, like, David Warner, you know, getting um, the foreshadowing of, like, his death, and then um, just the way that, like, that... Most of it is is very competently filmed. I mean, there's nothing that like really stands out at you for me, and like a directorial standpoint, is being like astounding or anything. But it's 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 well done. Yeah, and the use of color is really good. Like one of, another one of my favorite scenes is when the priest is is in the park, and the wind is like aligned against him, and like just the way that it's shot down, like Donner shoots it down through the trees, and you can see like all the leaves blowing and like like almost like fists like pummeling the priest it's really well done there's another movie that i actually so i really struggled with this and i chose the omen because i think the omen is 
in all honesty, the better of the two, but to the devil, a daughter mm. almost came in in this position. Um, and it also has that same. Yeah, I was actually pretty surprised that it didn't make it. But... Yeah, but only because I think The Omen's a better movie. And I think To the Devil a Daughter is really slow for a, a decent portion of it. I enjoyed To the Devil a Daughter more, even though it's been a long time since you made me watch it. Like, I actually enjoyed it more than this movie. Yeah, it's got really good dialogue in it. Um, really, like, excellent use of almost, like, perverting, like, Latin, like, Roman Catholic um, mantras and whatever, like, throughout mm. the movie, like, with the way that the devil worshippers say certain things. Um, but in, in the end, like, I just think The Omen's a better movie. Yeah. And definitely a more influential movie. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I was really impressed with the direction watching this, because I have not seen The Omen in, I don't even know how long now. It's been a long time. And... <clears throat> I was I was actually more impressed watching it this time with um, just kind of the uh, what am I looking for the competency I guess in which it was directed, yeah. um, and I mean there's some interesting shots sometimes some of it's pretty standard but I thought the I don't even know the word to describe it's not really the pacing but it just seems like everything has a lot like for something that is supernatural horror in some ways it has it's very logically filmed. And all the scenes kind of like make sense where it's like, I don't know. But, um, no, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, it, it, it feels like a real movie, which is sure, sure, like one of the most like dismissive things you can say about a horror <laughs> movie, but also like one of the biggest, right, right, like compliments you can give a horror movie. Yeah. And it seemed to me that, and, and you, you know much more about horror than I do, but I kind of asked you this over text, I think I did, um, which is, this very much feels a little bit inspired at times by Argento to me. Um, yeah, I think so. Like how it, how like pretty much like it's a series of sequences that end up building up to this kind of graphic shocking death. Well, and not only that, but the color. That yeah, used, yeah. It was very Argento-esque. Yeah. Like it's not like as ostentatious as Argento is sometimes, but um, Certainly, the way the city's filmed and stuff like that is, is seems I could see that too, but it just feels yeah. like a kind of like from a storytelling standpoint, it's almost like an Argento story, um, where it's almost like there's the story there, but it's like it feels like everything's just building towards these specific deaths, and I think that's probably more than anything when I say that like I wasn't really like digging it. It's I just don't think I like those stories, like when it feels oh. like that's the that's the purpose is to just get to this next death. And it's going to sound even more belittling when I say this, but I don't mean to compare the two that much, but just in the idea of it's like a final destination, like story, like where it's like the whole premise is almost to just get to this next death. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I, I think I just lose interest in those movies. Like they can be really well filmed. They can be, you know, and, and this is, um, they can be well acted, but I just don't think I get behind that story at all. And I think that's it, I think, really. I mean, I to me, there's more to it than that because it's ultimately about like it's the ultimate downer of a movie because it's like you can't win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, basically, yeah, sure. I I don't think I'm really a big fan of religious horror. As soon as you said that phrase, I was like, that's it, probably. Like, I yeah. and and it probably has to do with like my you know 
lack of faith growing up and stuff like that in my right. family and stuff. I, I mean, mean like, I, so, you know, there's no horror to it, like, um, to me. I, I think that religious horror, when done poorly, can be some of the worst mm. horror and, like, the least scary. But I think when it's done right, yeah, look, when... Because, so... I think this, demonic possession I like to some yeah, degree. I, 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 I find that super boring for the most part. But see, I can see, well, I, as an outsider, kind of like, I can still see the idea of someone being possessed by something. I can still see that being horrifying. Where with all of this kind of building up, where it's like, uh, you know, um, you know, it's like all the religious, like, kind of like things sure. that need to happen in order for the Antichrist to rise up or whatever. I, I just, whatever. To me, that's more interesting than the idea of, like, and don't, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think there's good demonic possession movies, but I don't know. Like, I like the the pomp and the the ritualism of it and the idea that, like, there's, like, these hidden books and hidden, like, secrets to the world and, like, there's people actively trying to enact the end of the world. Like, to me, that's that's a a fascinating idea. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I just think don't think it's my... really well. Personally. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think it's one of the better of its kind. Um, absolutely. I just don't think I'm just a. I'm just not a big fan of the genre. I think that subgenre. Sure, I understand. Um, that. Uh, any final thoughts? Like, did you want to sum up on this? No, I mean, I think that honestly, like, I think that most people who are fans of horror have seen The Omen or are at least familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, the sequel to this movie is also not bad, um, basically because it just follows the same plot and same story. Yeah. Um, the remake is definitely not worth watching. One of the worst horror yeah. remakes ever. What, what what year was that? How long ago was that? Oh five. Okay, so I think we or oh four. Is that? Did, do you know if Orion and I saw that as part of Money Name Movie Movie Club? Uh, I think you did because I stayed after I was dating a girl that worked at um, People's Plaza at the time, yeah. and I came up and stayed after, and we watched it together. Okay, all right, yeah, I thought I thought we did. So I did see that in the theater, so yeah, okay. I don't I, I don't know if you guys were there with us after work. I think you guys. No, came we came up during my movie club. I think we saw that in Godsend in like the same year or something like that. Yeah, no, that's well. I watched Godsend with you guys. That movie was fucking terrible. <laughs> That'll never make a list. No, no, not worst, worst Robert De Niro films, maybe. <laughs> All right, okay. So number four on your list is 1973's The Wicker Man. It is directed by Robin Hardy. It stars Ed Woodward, Britt Eklund, and Christopher Lee, and it has a 98, sorry, 89 percent from critics and an 82 percent from audiences. You want to tell us a little bit about the movie and explain why you put it on this list? Um, so another movie that's been remade in the past, um, well, in the 21st century, um, it involves a police officer who's going to this isolated island off the coast of Scotland to look for a missing girl. Um, the island is the home to a cult led by Lord Summerisle, uh, which is the name of the island, Summerisle, uh, played by Christopher Lee. Um, the inhabitants of the island kind of try to confuse and misdirect the police officer and 
ultimately like he feels like they know something about the murder of this girl or like suspects foul play that they're involved in the murder of this girl um but it's all basically an elaborate ruse to sacrifice him to their pagan like nature gods in order to have a bountiful harvest to the next year um really like fantastically atmospheric horror movie um one that kind of plays its cards close to its vest like so the first time that you see it and maybe shouldn't have spoiled like the entire movie um in the opening description but uh the first time you see the movie like if you don't know how it's going to end you'll never guess how it's going to end until like you get there and at that point like it's so terrifying that there's no going back for this guy you know that like mm-hmm. it's 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 just such like a gut punch like the first time when um i can't remember the detective's name in the movie is like locked in the wicker man and you know you realize like what's going to happen right and that it was just like everyone was in on this ruse the whole time to get him um it's really like again a really good this is probably this is a really great depiction of like a cult on film in terms of like a fully realized and like living like commune or world where these people are where it's not like <clears throat> they're not like hidden away or it's not like shadowy like subterfuge or whatever like these people are out in the open and living their lives and like it goes from being like really almost like wholesome and endearing to being like really insidious and i mm-hmm. think it's probably kind of a condemnation of like the flower power like hippie cults of the 60s mm-hmm. Like, this is, you know, coming into the 70s, this is Britain's way of saying, like, all right, like, that was fine then, but this is, like, how dark it could be, and just kind of, like, basically shitting on that idea of, like, free love and flower power and whatever. Right. Um, But, yeah, really great performances. I mean, Christopher Lee is fantastic in it. Um, Can't remember the name of uh, the guy that plays the cop. Um, And what's her name? Uh. It's not Britt Eklund, is it? The woman that plays the... Britt Eklund, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Yep. Britt Eklund is really good in it as yeah. the, um, like, this wayfish, like, but simultaneously, like, ultra, like ultra-sensual um, barmaid that he becomes kind of smitten with, and anyway, just so it's, it's, it's a really great movie, and uh, again, the, the plot twist at the end is really powerful the first time you see it, um... And I like those movies where, like, there's no good ending. You know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, that's why I like The Omen, too, so much, is that the good guy doesn't win. Man, right. that's, like, that's, like, that's every movie on this list. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's Maybe that's true. why I like movies about cults so much. Maybe, yeah. Um. Yeah, no, that's true. Every, every single one, yeah. Um. Looking at those ones I asked you about earlier, a lot of those, yeah, the there's some sort of at least like some victory or pure victory, I guess, like even right. sometimes. So yeah, interesting. No, you're right. Okay, so watching this, the this is only the third time I've seen this movie. Maybe it's the third time I think I've seen it. Maybe the fourth. I can't remember. But um, I'll tell you now watching it this many times the first half of this movie knowing what happens and then knowing it fairly well the first half drags um a lot of times for me if it, if it weren't for christopher lee 
um, pop like when he pops up and the brilliance I think of that performance um, the first half drags it's, it isn't until like he gets deeper into the investigation that, that the movie literally the pacing picks up right. and and, and, and in, in terms of like the number of cuts and even that kind of stuff too it's it's very it's a very effective movie I mean this is a fantastic movie if anybody hasn't seen it they they need to um, but as as somebody has viewed it a few times now, like that's my only complaint about it. Like rewatching it again is um, knowing what's going to happen. It makes the first half a little. It's uh, true. A little tough to get through. Um, well, because but, when, but if the, you don't know, then it's great. Yeah. The first time you see it, like the first half acts like a traditional British like police procedural, really. Kind of yeah. And that's kind of like what you feel like you're watching is like one of these like stodgy like Scotland Yard you know, stiff upper lip, we're, like, investigating the crime type thing. And then when it starts to get weird and starts to, like, spiral down into, like, really revealing, like, it's whatever, like, playing its hand, I guess, the, right. that's when it's it's, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. So, to your, to your point, right, like, I can see that. I mean, I've seen this movie, like, a dozen times, probably. Mm-hmm. And that might even be, like, an underestimation of it, because it might be more than that. Because um, I used to, sh- the, the, this is one of those movies that I would show to people who had never seen it. Like, I'd be like, oh, let's watch The Wicker Man together. Just to like um, get their, you know, their reaction to it. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I bought the. It got re-released on DVD in this really nice box set um, when the re when the remake was coming out. So. Yeah. Um, watched it a few times then. After that. Yeah, no, I just it's it's one of the movies I love. It was one of my. One of my like teenage year like horror movie favorites. Um, I've actually seen this in the theater, which is a pretty, mm. pretty awesome experience. Yeah, um, I don't know. Just it's a, it's a, it's a really great movie. I'm rereading this criticism that I chose for this, and now I don't like it. I don't think there's anything interesting that this person's saying. I guess there's this one point. Do you think this is? How do you feel about it? Like so much of this kind of being. He sees it as being effectively against religious tolerance, um, this critic. And how do you feel overall about these, like these different movies, like religious horror and like things involving, um, even if it's like uh, not like traditional religion, like right. how do you feel about that? Like overall, like you know, and the idea of like a lot of these movies do kind of condemn faith I mean, in some ways. It's not so much a condemnation, like the Bible and the Quran and whatever, like most like scripture, like, you know, you read like the Bhagavad Gita or whatever, or the Upanishads, and it's all like death and monsters and friggin' like people resurrecting from the dead. I mean, like the Bible's full of like these terrible supernatural like cataclysms that happen to people and i just think that it's i don't know i mean i think that that's part of the thing that religion is right is like the fear of the unknown that drives you to like seek whatever like i don't know protection and some kind of like holy power mm-hmm. and showing the opposite side of that i think is a really effective way to like play off of people's like natural beliefs i don't really see anything i like condemnations is something like doubt or um you know what i mean like those yeah. movies that actually look at like true the true horror of like religion which is the ability to cover up like scandal and like wrongdoing in the name of god um this kind of stuff i mean i don't know like whatever i just 
I think it can be really effective because I think people really do like believe in like a an afterlife that might not be for like good people, you know, like like they believe in hell or whatever. Right. And I think that that kind of stuff is really scary to people, and I think it's really mm-hmm. effective. Yeah. And I think when it's well done, you know, even if you've never seen anything supernatural happen, which like in The Wicker Man, like what's the supernatural element, you know? Those people just believe that murdering this man is going to make their lives better. There's no proof that it works. So I don't know. Like that's the scary thing is the idea that people can be that like dogmatic and crazy and right. Yeah, that's where I find the real horror. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Any final thoughts on this? I mean, there. I mean, this is the thing where it's like I don't think there's a lot to say. I mean, it's it's a really good movie. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, you if know, you haven't seen it, I think you should yeah, see it. It's effectively done. Some good performances right. in it. You know, yeah. Don't and and don't if you've seen the remake, <laughs> don't think that you've. And I'm not. <laughs> No, we should talk just briefly about the remake. I forgot all about it. Like, um, we talked about this. Uh, I want to say it was episode forty-three, maybe, if I'm remembering correctly, is like the top five worst um, horror remakes yeah. ever. That we talked about this last summer, and um, yeah, that movie's god awful. It's but it it's become meme to the point where it's like everybody kind of recognizes that it's funny, at least um, in some ways. It's just an absolutely wrong-headed adaptation of this movie. Like, it's. Yeah. It just it, it hits all the wrong beats at all the wrong times, I guess. If that right. makes any sense. Sure. So what do you got in the bag? Right. Was it a shark or something? <laughs> um fantastic there's so much about that movie that is fantastic in right. all the, in, all, in all the wrong ways, yeah. Incredibly <laughs> fun to watch. Yeah, it's just sure. terrible film. Right. And one of the best like compilation YouTube videos of any movie ever is all of the ways in which he, it's Nicholas Cage's character, is either a and, and not funny because of what's happening, but just funny in like an absurdist way of how many times he's like verbally assaulting or physically assaulting women in that movie. It's like it just goes to show you like there there's some issue there right. um, that some directors working out in the way that they adapted that. But, Okay, so number three on your list um, is 2009's The House of the Devil, directed by Ty West. It stars Jocelyn Donahue, Greta Gerwig, Tom Noonan, and Mary Warnoff. It yep. has an 87% from critics uh, on Rotten Tomatoes and a 63% from audiences. Uh, did you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about this movie? Maybe a little bit about ty west in general since probably a lot of people aren't familiar with him and then um uh, what what it is you like about this movie uh ty west was is an indie horror director um this was like his kind of rise to prominence um because it was championed mostly because it was championed by harry knowles of ain't cool news Mm. um and it got a lot of press by being shown at like film festivals and people really like loved it um the premise is pretty simple a young girl is trying to move out on her own uh takes a babysitter job because it pays really well um and happens to be on the night of this eclipse when like no one else wants to i guess be babysitting um goes to this remote house with her friend and is kind of like brought in by this weird like eccentric old man um 
turns out that the old man, his wife, and his their presumably their kid um, are part of this cult that's trying to resurrect a demon um, inside of this young like virginal girl um basically like it, it it takes a while to build to that point but once it gets to the point where like you realize that these people are evil like it's it's pretty fast-paced and it's pretty tense um west has made a few other movies uh the innkeepers which is kind of polarizing because not a lot of people like that movie um personally like i like the innkeepers um, he made a movie called The Sacrament, which is also about cults. Um, it's more of like a Jonestown type movie, mm. <clears throat> but it's in kind of a different, different vein than it's, it's, it's horror, but it's not really horror. Like it's hard to explain. It's, it's much more of like a drama than like a straight horror movie. Um, right. honestly, like I feel like House of the Devil is a pitch perfect ode to like 1980s horror. And in some way, like, even more than that, like, 1970s horror. Um, just in the way that, like, it's directed and the way it's costumed. I mean, it's set, like, what would you say, like, 80... Early 80s? Like, maybe 82, 83? Yeah, yeah I would, I, my guess was just going to be 83, yeah. Um, and he does a really good job of, like, building, like, the tension through small things, like sounds and kind of stuff you catch out of the corner of your eye and then, like, gives you a big reveal but then sort of pulls it back and like builds tension by not letting you like get the full effect of that reveal like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop basically for about like 20 minutes in this movie and it's really like nerve-wracking to watch um really great performance say, say, say that again how long about 20 minutes for 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 what from when her friend gets murdered in the graveyard to when she really starts to get fucked with in the house. Okay. I think it's about 20 minutes. Yeah, that, from, from that, okay, yes, from those two points, yes. Because it takes about 35 minutes for the friend to get murdered. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like another 20 minutes after that, and then like the yeah. falling action in the movie is her yeah. trying to survive. Like the guy coming to deliver the pizza and her getting like fucked up on the mushrooms or whatever. Right, right. Um, and then after that is when it like builds up into the rest of the movie. Sure. Yeah. Um, but that's that. It, it, to me, that's the other shoe dropping is like you knowing that like these people are murderers, mm-hmm. and then just waiting for the bad thing to happen to her. Um, Tom Noonan and Mary Warnov are really great in it as yes. uh, mother and father, um, and really cool casting. Honestly, to get those two, um, two like B movie icons from the seventies um, to be in that movie, um, and Greta Gerwig is really good in it as um, the main character. But just it's a really well well filmed, well done movie um, with good performances and honestly some really surprising and like shocking like scares. I think um, another one that like going into it for the first time like you'll probably be caught off guard a few times by what happens. Yeah, Tom Noonan is extremely effective in this. Um, I really like that guy. And what what was his claim to fame? Uh, it was um it was a uh, uh, Manhunter. Is that right? Yeah. Well, he plays um. He plays the killer in Manhunter. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was in a bunch he was in a bunch of other stuff too. Um Jesus. So, yeah, he's just in a bunch of like B stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's in FX, he's in Wolfen. Yeah. Um The Monster Squad, Manhunter. 
Yeah. Well, he's too, hero. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. He's too tall. He's too tall. I mean, like that. That only works in certain cases, you know. I mean, like that kind of height to him. Um, in this, it's like makes him like look like a general giant in, in some ways. Like even though he's like weird and like a little off-putting, like he also seems kind of sweet and sensitive, and I actually think it adds to that character. Um, um in some ways um I, I really liked him a lot in this um her like worn off like a lot of people seem to like that performance and i'm okay with it it's fine um but uh yeah i i mean i i really like this movie a lot um i had never heard of it uh, it's been recommended for like a month now maybe on prime maybe two months um it kept popping up like you know hey you should watch this and then you told me like when we talked about this list like you had and i was like oh okay like i'd been thinking about watching it anyway just because it kept popping up and um now i was drinking um <laughs> when i when i started watching this but i so that maybe it could have skewed it but like i was like riveted like i i, I love the 80s homage um i love the way it was filmed i loved like i thought it was very accurate to the time period um i liked the slow burn on the whole thing um right and um i thought that noonan is extremely effective and just wasn't just enough there to kind of like wonder if he's involved or if he's not and that kind of stuff and um yeah i mean like a i, I thought it was a really solid fun movie um yeah. i was i was really i was i was really surprised by this and considering i think i had watched innkeepers before this which i did not care for um now i understand like why like you know people like west um as a director after seeing this yeah it's um it's it's definitely worth watching and it's not that long so it goes by pretty quick yeah yeah, yeah. it's like yeah no that's good so um film school rejects website which um if anybody doesn't know that, uh, they should really check out Film School Rejects because it's it's a it's a good site. Um, but their review of it talks about um, overall, like you know, person acknowledges they're not like you know a huge fan of the genre in the first place. But what they saw the failing of this movie is um, that it takes too long, like it, it's too slow of a burn. Really, is, is paraphrasing is that it takes too long to get from the uh, first act to the second act in the movie, and that ultimately that would have even been okay had the ending been shocking and horrifying enough. Not to say that they say it's shocking and horrifying, but it's not shocking and horrifying enough given what we've seen. Um. So the the girl in, in attempting, movies. attempting suicide, like sacrificing her own life to present to prevent the birth of like this demon, mm -hmm. and still like not succeeding. I don't know. Like what? That that's that's a dumb criticism. <laughs> um, one of the things. So there's there's a large block of movies from generally this time period that were really big on that slow build. I mean, it's, it's one of your big complaints about um wolf creek right and like i love wolf creek mm -hmm. and one of the things you complain the most about is that you spend the first 50 minutes of the movie with these people that are unlikable to ultimately like that are just victims basically like there's no point in like spending that much time but yeah i'm a pretty big fan of the you know it's it's what i like a lot about um 
the first half of uh, High Tension. You know, like I, I, I like that. Yeah. Like, let's build into this thing, and then completely change what you're like seeing. Right. Well, I don't know. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Okay. Especially if the payoff is good, or you know, the build is good. Like, who cares? Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I th- I, I was fine with this. I wish they could have. I, I I almost wish the like the people under the stairs stuff in this movie like in the house would have went on longer honestly um yeah, i agree like, with that. that that that's my only is there wasn't enough um of of some of that stuff i thought like i thought i mean maybe it's more real maybe it's more realistic in that way that it wasn't longer but i thought they could have done more of her like trapped in the house kind of i have a really cool um co- collector's edition of this on dvd hmm. that comes with a clamshell vhs copy of this movie oh nice that's um, awesome. Done, done in like the Vestron video style. So it's got like mm-hmm. the, the soft body like white clamshell with like all the. It's 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 really awesome. Yeah, no, that's all. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, this was um yeah this is a, this is a good watch for the first time. It was I. It's one of the, you know how I am when you tell me about horror movies like especially newer ones and it's like right. half of them I like I'm like what the fuck is this like, but, um. Good segue into the next movie. It is, yeah. Um, it is another uh, modern horror movie. It is called The Invitation from 2016. It is directed by Karen Kazuma, uh, who you have talked about when we talked about uh, what current most exciting directors that yeah. we talked about earlier um, this year. And uh, she was on that list. It stars Logan Marshall Green. Um, Mikael Hoosman, John Carroll Lynch, and Tammy Blanchard has an 88% from critics and a 70% from audiences. I'm going to tell us a little bit about the movie and uh, what you like about it so much. Uh, so the premise is that um guy and his new girlfriend are going to a party being thrown by his ex-wife and her new husband. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, they had split up after the death of their child, so there's still some like unresolved issues between the two of them, but this is the first time that they'll be together along with like their group of friends uh, since the accident and the divorce. Um, As they're there, the wife and her new husband um, introduced a couple of other like friends of theirs that they met through this supposed like psychological healing retreat called the um, invitation um, run by this guy who's kind of like a self-help guru. Mm-hmm. Uh, the husband, the ex-husband starts to become really suspicious, thinks that there's like something shady afoot like there's a couple of false like false starts in that respect where you think that maybe he is really just kind of imagining things and then shit goes crazy um, because it's really like the cover for a doomsday cult um, whose goal is to get everyone basically to kill themselves mm-hmm. um, but it's awesome movie, uh, really really yeah. well acted um, build tension like incredibly well um i i hadn't heard nothing about this movie like this was something i just randomly mm-hmm. watched on netflix one day like when i had nothing to do um yeah. it was pretty pretty impressed by it pretty pretty blown away um something that i recommend to people to see like when they're asking to like for a movie that they should watch but just really really effective um builds the mythology of this cult 
in a really naturalistic way through like these videos that you watch with the characters and like <clears throat> the way they talk about the leader and just the general creepiness of the people in the house. Um, really tense, like up to the ending. And then again, another movie that's got one of those like depressing, like nothing can ever be good again. Style ending. Right. I really like, um, Really well directed too, like really good use of like low light and enclosed mm-hmm. space. Like it's Absolutely. shot very effectively in a way that feels claustrophobic and gives you a sense of paranoia. Like while you're playing it, which I really love, or while you're watching it, which I really love. Um and just some really good performances overall, like really likable characters. Um they're all built in a way that makes them seem realistic and believable, so just a pretty 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 great movie yeah um and a lot of these actors i wasn't familiar with um so uh logan marshall green who plays the main character in it i thought was um is really good in that role um uh he's he's probably like my favorite part like in in terms of the movie itself like um is like kind of like watching him because there's so much going on there with that character, like him dealing with like, you know, still dealing with the son's death. It's like him still dealing with like, you know, going back to seeing his ex with somebody new. Like, it's just, there's so much there. And then the suspicions, um, I think he does that really well. John Carroll Lynch, who's in so much like, you know, in the past 20 years, but he's really good in that small role that he has. Um, the uh, the cult leader I don't know if you like noticed uh, is is already is, is the guy that played already the strongest man in the world from Adventures of Pete and Pete. Um, no, that's funny though. Yeah, um, but he um, he he's good in that very brief you know role that you see through video really. Um, but yeah, the you're you're exactly right about like that low light. Um, that's that's how I think of this movie is like the way that they use like the the lighting of like the, the cityscape um, from up on the hill, the way that they use like, you know, nighttime since it all takes place at night and those kind of like, you know, yellowish lights outside at times and um, the lights from the house, like to the darkness of the backyard. Like it's just, um, it's really well done and it kind of has like almost like a little bit of a Michael Mannish vibe at times um, with the way it's filmed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. that's, Um, That's a good comparison. Yeah, like collateral, my, his Miami Vice, all those kind of things. Um, but uh, I, I'm a giant fan of this movie. Like I had watched it. I guess it was when we did that current, you know, directors list. I, I ended up checking this one out as 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 a representation of her movie that you yeah. told me about. And um, I watched it again this past week, like this movie, because I, which I normally don't watch things that quickly, but I actually like looked forward to watching this again. Um, yeah, this is definitely like one of my favorite horror movies, like that you told me about in the past, you know, um, you know, ten years or so. Um, absolutely love this movie. Think it's great. The only thing I'll ask you about is, you know, how I feel about animal deaths. Right. There's an animal death at the very beginning of this. Um. Why, well, what do you think that's about? Why, why, why do that? Because um, I watched it again and I'd forgotten about it and Brandy was sitting here as I was re-watching it, like doing some work. And um, I, forgot, I, I, I forgot about it and she's really bad with that stuff. So like, and I was like, oh, shit. 
you're gonna have to refresh my memory he he, he, he hits a wolf um as they're driving up to the house and then the wolf's not completely dead and he sits there and like bashes its fucking head in to kill it maybe it's just like a way to introduce the idea that he can mm. do that to make, to make him suspect do you think like a little bit i don't know like that there's maybe some kind him, maybe to remove some le- like layer of sympathy for him mm. Like right. if you're you start out already and you're like oh this guy, could it like, be that he's already maybe he's he's potentially dangerous or he's a hothead in some ways like you know because, but it's not a hothead he's very cold about it and he he and he does explain like maybe it's the show is depression like maybe I don't know because he when he gets back I, in the car he says something along the lines of like you know he feels like kind of remorse but it's like it, it did he didn't want to suffer um, so yeah I don't know. I'd have to watch that again. I mean, I I would think that it's probably just to draw a parallel between what happens later in the movie. I mean, because he's basically like trying to stop all of them from, you know, yeah, like dying. I I don't know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just you know, I I always question whether those things need to be there, and I I just couldn't figure out like what it was trying to show necessarily. And it's yeah. Again, like I I. I've seen this movie a couple times, yeah, but I haven't seen it in probably a year at this point. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean it's fake, so I guess that that it only bothers me when it's something real. No, yeah, well, yeah, no, I I still don't like to see. It's nothing I like to put in my head necessarily. Um, I don't like the idea of it even. But, um, but yeah, anyway, this sorry, that's just a thing I wanted to ask you, but, um, yeah, anyway, any final thoughts on this? This, this movie is fantastic. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really worth watching. It's available for streaming, I think, on Netflix right now. Um, definitely yeah, worth is, watching. Yeah. yeah. And really, like, just, it's, it's, it's amazing how some, a movie that's as good as this just kind of goes like, almost unnoticed i think but I, I i sort of feel like it's developed kind of a cult following in a way at least the people that have seen it and who have enjoyed it so yeah okay so number one movie on your list um probably not a surprise at this point um is 1968's rosemary's baby it is directed by Rome polanski it stars mia farrow John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon, Sidney Blackmere, and Ralph Bellamy. It has a 96% from critics and 87% from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I guess you want to just briefly tell people that might not be familiar with this movie um, a little bit about it and uh, why it's number one on your list. Um, so young socialite uh, married to a struggling actor like stage actor uh, moves into this new building um she becomes pregnant and he immediately gets like this through circumstance like this really good role um their fortunes start to increase but they are becoming like more and more isolated in the house um only having contact with like their older neighbors um she starts to become suspicious of the neighbors and it turns out that her suspicions are founded as, you know, 
there are cult of devil worshippers that are basically like making her give birth to the Antichrist in exchange for letting her husband be successful. Um, breakout performance by Mia Farrow, like just absolutely amazing performance by her. Um, really great performances overall by everyone else, um, mm-hmm. especially uh, shit the old woman and the old man, Ruth Gordon and Sydney Blackmore, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who have this ability to like move between charming and like doddering and then like menacing um, almost at will. Um, it's got a really good like su- kind of surprising ending where you know. It doesn't end well, but it doesn't end as bad as you think it would, I guess, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I, sure, right. Yeah. Um, I got you. I, I get what you're saying. Like still, kind of still, said, still the end of the world, like kind of. Yeah, 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 but at least, <laughs> at least she's got her kid. Right, right. Yeah. She's, she's going to be okay. Right. Um, <laughs> really effective score, really effective framing in like almost every shot where he makes her feel like she's trapped and like the way that he shoots, you know, like just kind of the, I, I can't, I, I don't know what I'm, it, it's very claustrophobic and it's also very menacing and he does it in a way. Um, he does it in a way where it's very subtle and it makes you paranoid. Like mm-hmm. when you see, like people in the background or people like interacting or whatever. Um, it just kind of catches you off guard. And like, then you start to like doubt like, well, who's like, I don't know who's a good person. Like who's part of, you know, and once they reveal it, like at the end when like they come full, full on reveal that like these people really are Satanists who are given, like making her give birth to the child of Satan. Like it all feels like so much more commonplace there. Like, they're basically just at, like, this, like, posh, like, whatever, like, New York party. And just the guest of honor happens to be, you know, the reincarnation of Satan. Right. But it's, like, the build-up to that where you're not sure if um, if she's crazy, is she imagining things, like, mm-hmm. is any of it real? Like, that's where, it, like, he builds the tension and the paranoia. And he does it to much less effect in um, about ten years later in The Tenant like with a kind of similar idea right um but like just the fact that mia farrow's character is that rosemary is like such a likable and friendly and just like charming character and like you're really invested in her and you want her to be successful and you know to not have these terrible things happen and her husband's such a sleaze and like i don't know it's just it's really great casting really great performances just a fantastic fantastic movie yeah the other thing that's fascinating about this movie is is those that older couple that's the neighbors and how it's it's this i think what makes this movie work to some degree is how all these people are like these socialites to some degree they all seem like very normal new york like like people in new york like right like him being the actor like the couple across the street like everybody that's involved in this cult feels like such like just like a normal stereotype to some degree right and so it was you can't suspect it's like you would never suspect these people of being involved in an actual cult that like is bringing a bringing about the the 
Satan is like returned to earth. Um, and so you think that she, it's like, she has to be crazy because it's like, this can't be like these, this is too normal. These people are too, you know, um, and, but it also kind of gives it like this kind of element of comedy as well. Right. In the, in the end, in the end, it's like, it's, it's, do you think it's supposed a little bit to be like comedy? Well, by the end, I, I, I think that's the thing. I think that it's more the idea of evil is scary rather than the actuality of evil is like banal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's that that's what I mean. That at at the end, like they're just these these old like upper crust New Yorkers at a party. Like basically, like they're just instead of their hobbies being, I don't know, like fine dining and like playing cards, their hobbies are bringing about the end of the world. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, there's, I, I can't, every time I've seen this movie and this is probably only like the third time I've ever seen this movie, but it's, it, 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 by the time I get to the end, I get, it's just, I get, I get this kind of like feeling that like, yeah, it's just like, it's funny to me. Like the whole, the whole idea of it. Um, it's funny, like including like the stereotype of like the Asian stereotypes of like uh, taking the pictures and stuff like that. Right. Um, like there, there's so much of it that's it's still menacing. Don't get me wrong, but there's like a comedic aspect to it by that point, which I, for some reason, like you would think it should undercut the movie, but it doesn't. And I don't know how to reconcile why I think it doesn't undercut the movie. But yeah, I don't know. But it's um. Yeah, and I think it's actually the, I guess it's the fact that she decides to be a mother to it, to 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 it. Um, right, like that's the I that's mean, the that's, real horror of it all. Right, that these people like they don't have any power over her anymore because now she's going to be the mother of the Antichrist, and like right. you know, in this like one move, like she's become like actually like the scariest thing in the room. Sure, sure. Um, just because and like completely destroyed like her husband and like. Mm-hmm rendered him ineffectual and like Mari and whatever her name is um rendered them ineffectual it's just I don't know yeah it's a really good movie and I think it's a really great look at like like something that Polanski's like kind of obsessed with for most of his career which is the idea of you know like playing with your perception of things like is it is what you're seeing really there and if it is really there like I don't know, like how, like why is it scary? And he's just, you know, he's he's the master of that. Yeah. And it's amazing that he made this movie. Um, and maybe that's why, maybe that's why it can kind of be funny at the end because his wife was still alive and yeah, you know, his whole world hadn't been like turned upside down. So Jesus, and you know too that like he at one point like he wanted, which this is really a really ironic story and shows you how Hollywood works is that he initially was pushing for her to be to star in this movie which first of all if that would have been the case it would make this movie completely different in terms of having to rewatch it um but second they didn't want to cast her because she didn't have enough name value to lead the film the project and then they go and end up eventually after trying to like get a number of other actresses uh involved and failing they cast Mia Farrow who has like no experience really at this time um but ends up being a star making performance right so 
but um but yeah if, if if sharon tate had been the lead actress in this like i don't know how like i don't know what happens to this movie if that happens like um like do you, I, I don't i don't know if it people talk about it as much as they just still do how could you i i don't know i think you talk about it more probably honestly yeah yeah because at that point it's like almost prophetic i mean yeah. obviously not like the end result of the movie but yeah you know, right the yeah. whole idea of the cult sure. thing and yeah right i don't, I don't know. know it's interesting um but yeah this is a classic um you know um polanski what's this is his first american movie right yeah i guess so yeah it almost has to be yeah um i mean not his first english language movie but i guess no but his first like one that he makes in america yeah which jesus that's 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 insane like i mean i know he'd been making movies for you know 10 years by this point but like what what a hell of a movie to direct um you know as your first like you know one after immigrating you know um and then uh, only one year later it's like everything just gets destroyed right um you know i was talking to brandy the other day after i had watched this i guess like last week sometime but like for as horrifying you know polanski's like difficult to talk we've talked a little bit about polanski before in different podcasts different episodes but it's like there's this part of me that obviously i don't give polanski a pass but it's like there's a part of me is where it's like like you talk about woody allen all the time and like you can't really watch woody allen movies anymore um and it's like it's hard to see kevin spacey in a movie now you know and it's like there's there's certain things that um it's really hard to watch uh because of all these things that have come up and it's like polanski's never bothered me like that much um and i think i do kind of give polanski at least like a pass artistically because of what happened to him right well also like and i'm not saying that excuses anything at all i'm just saying that it's like i don't know what that does to somebody by going through that and it doesn't excuse behavior but it's like not knowing what that does to a human being's mind um i kind of just i also it's almost like i ignore it and just deal with the movie (laughs) just deal with the art you know it's weird because like i almost feel the last time you and i talked about this because we we put polanski movies or i put polanski movies on lists a few times never any have we had any woody allen movies we have not yet no yeah i think stardust memories will be on a list at some point but i think it's because most of the polanski movies that i love are pre- scandal or rape however you want to phrase that and everything that's post like i'm not a huge fan of and so it's easier maybe to reconcile myself with liking those movies because i feel like i'm liking the movies of a guy who hasn't become that yet if that makes any sense yeah sure yeah and i also think it's because i mean they're really like not 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 to diminish what happened to that girl but there's one incident that people talk about all the time and it's a terrible incident and Polanski's a fucking coward right. for never like facing up to it, but it's one thing. And Woody Allen, it feels like the systematic abuse of his children, you know what I mean? It's like, 
unconscionable. Like, that's it's so unforgivable. And he's never owned up to it either, you know? Like, he just gets to continue to live in this country and make movies and, I don't know, like, Polanski, for whatever, he had to, like, flee the country and live as an expat, like, live as a a fugitive, basically, for the rest of his life if he right. wants to, like, continue to be free. So, like, even though he hasn't been punished to the extent of the law, he still is being punished in some ways. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's all difficult, but it's like, I, yeah, I just realized after watching this, it's like, I can still enjoy Roman Polanski movies, and I think it's because I somehow give him a pass because of what happened with yeah you know everything yeah that's it's it's, it's interesting to look at it like that yeah mm -hmm. we talk we talk about this way. with Macbeth. it was the shakespeare adaptations that's where we spent a long time talking about Polanski. right yep because um, i watched um i watched the tenant the other day and i'm not mm -hmm. a huge fan of the tenant like i like it like yeah. but i think it's kind of like one of his weaker movies right but i can't bring myself to watch a woody allen movie like i've thought about it i just i don't know yeah do you think Polanski only if he's ever in something a lot of times like not that he hasn't had some starring roles like in his own stuff and different movies but it's like most of the time it's like maybe a cameo or something like do you think because he's not in the screen in a lot of his movies that it's easier um would you have a hard, easier time yeah. watching a Woody Allen movie that does not like you know like have Woody Allen in it yeah, Polanski doesn't put himself in very flattering roles either in his movies. He does not, no. He's always Whereas like Woody, a, he's Allen, a bully. And that's the thing I've often said about Woody Allen is that he casts himself in, like, it's like we, like, I make fun of Nicolas Cage when we do the quick cage about always putting himself in a role where he gets to, like, have sex with, like, the hot Latina. But, like, Woody Allen's putting himself in a role where he's being like this sexual mentor to this like these young like women and it's just gross and yeah right sure i don't know yeah it's like thank god harvey weinstein never directed anything so it's like another one that i can never go back and yeah like, watch. But at least yeah, i yeah. can kind of ignore the miramax thing yeah um okay um any final thoughts on any of this stuff with the cult movies or anything no, it was a it was a fun list to do. I mean, it was yeah. That I I really enjoy. Um, I actually think that there could be like another list in the future, um, similar to it. Like, um, I don't know. Like, because satanic cults to me are different than like cult cults, and there's just mm -hmm. there's a lot of like breadth to that genre, and I think it's a really fascinating. Like, maybe non horror cult movies would be another one. Because mm -hmm. um, there's like. Um, shit well like that mary i can never remember the order of that mary right. may marceline whatever um but yeah it was it was a good list to do and i really like i enjoyed watching a few of these movies again i actually kind of want to watch the invitation again now like cause you got me all hype on it so <laughs> yeah no it's a really it's a good movie yeah it's it's it was the most in, it's the most enjoyable to me it was out of all five of these movies it's the one that's most enjoyable to watch um and I think it's just the like the mystery element of the whole thing, and like you know, like it's really like an intense because it's a very small movie. The Invitation is um, it's like a, it's like a little almost like a little stage play. Um, like there's like elements of like almost like a whodunit kind of thing. Like by uh, what I mean by like just being suspicious of different characters and stuff. And right, so it's a very small movie, and you're looking at characters and watching them react and all that kind of stuff. And um, 
it's not as grand as some of the other movies that are on this list um and i I really like that aspect of it so yeah all right cool okay all right so um we'll be back in two weeks um maybe um with both of us in the same room possibly i you know but um we'll see what happens we'll see what happens um but uh uh, either way we'll the hospital admissions have been going down this week, so who knows? Yeah, except for we had our biggest increase nationally today, didn't we? Um, like overall. But yeah, but that's because of all these states <laughs> that weren't taking it seriously before. Sure. Plus, we're finally places are getting some testing, and that's going to you know that that's going to be the thing that's like weird is that you know um, where we live, our governor um, Larry Hogan is you know kind of put out like a tentative three phase plan and. Uh, to get to phase one where the stay at home ends, uh, we have to have 14 days roughly of um, a downward trajectory, right? Or no increase. It's got a plateau. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I heard decline, but okay. Um, but so I don't know how they're measuring that. Like, you know, it's like, does it have to be down from like, you know, does it have to start on day you know whatever 14 then like day one like you know like or whatever it's like it's just gone down overall doesn't have to be consecutive days yeah i mean like i don't know and it's like and and is it in only in the state or are they looking at national and there's been no clarity on that and i understand why there hasn't been any clarity like mainly because i don't know we're all in the damn what is that online like children lost in the wood you know um whatever um but it's like we have no fucking idea what the hell's going on but um and we have no data but the thing about the tests is like to me it's like aren't you as we get better testing which we should have had already like isn't that going to go up like we're going to find out about more cases and it's like how do you know (laughs) if you start having more positive cases like it's it's it seems like extremely complicated Right, um, it, is, it is really complicated. So. <laughs> uh, and I don't know how they get to the point of determining how it's going down and whether it's going down enough to reopen. It doesn't make any sense. To, I can't wrap my head around it um, for some I mean, at least, he's, at least it feels like he's being responsible. And oh, our governor is absolutely being responsible about doing the right thing. thing yeah. and right. Sure. If it means staying home and watching movies and whatever, then I guess that's fine. Yeah. I'm getting just as drunk here as I would be at the bar and probably worse. So Yeah, it's probably worse. Yeah. For a lot less money. That's true. God, that's true. <laughs> uh, I've spent right, I was, I was I've dr- I've 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 drank so much more since this has all started than I normally do. Um and I still spent less considerably less in like whatever five weeks or whatever now than i would if we were going to the bar um so i don't know i'm saving a lot of money like my wallet like this is this is such a first world issue um uh my wallet because like i i I get i you know take cash like to the bar um and and try not to use my card and it's like the, the only cash i ever have my wallet is for the bar and it's like my wallet won't close um because it's like it's just building up like i don't have anywhere to spend it because i'm not going out so it's like um yeah like it's it's a it's a weird problem to have um so i have to like have to take it all out the other 
day and just like you know like put it somewhere and i guess take it to the bank at some point i i don't even know remember how that works anymore oh the bank's <laughs> like, all weird now yeah yeah how, how's the I, bank I, work now i i gotta go tomorrow i don't know my parents were trying to explain it can't to you me. just go through the drive-thru and just like you have deposit? to go through the drive-thru but then you have to like at our bank you have to get like a pin code because they're gonna start moving everything to like where you can do it over the phone so you have to have your own pin for the phone but I'm saying, like, I have a bunch of cash. How do I deposit right. that into an account? You just go to the bank and do it. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, I don't know. Okay, I so that still like, works the same. Like, uh, that's what yeah, I'm saying. It's like, I, <laughs> right. It's like, right. I, but it's, it's been so long. It's like, there's deposit slips, aren't there? Isn't that a thing? Yeah. You I, haven't deposited, deposit I haven't deposited cash in so long. I have no idea. I don't remember how it works. Yeah, you have to fill out a deposit slip. Okay. All right. I guess I'll have to do that. It's like. Right. What they send it through the, the the tube and then okay all right oh, I don't know my my bank doesn't have a tube my bank has a drawer. Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that'll be an adventure. All right. <laughs> it's, yes. It sounds fascinating. <laughs> right. Let me know all right. how it goes. Okay. All right. So thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll be back with what the top five romances. Um. Uh, romance movies um and then the rest of the month will be a new uh annual fresh five episode where frank yep. looks at his um the last few months of his watching history and picks the best five movies out of that and then we'll end the month with uh the best musicals of the 1960s so got a lot of a uh, kind of eclectic month uh coming up in may uh and if anybody has any um uh lists of their own they'd like to hear uh, contact us at uh, on Facebook or Instagram or um, at our email address two guys five movies at gmail.com. Other than that, thanks for listening and stay safe. Yep, have a good night.